Well, hey, this is officially our 10th episode. Number 10. Big number 10. You know, we- <clears throat> uh way there. Uh, there's a quote, or a uh, guy named Chris Williamson has, has a uh, quote out there about, you know, 90% of podcasts fail after the third episode. After they, the they just, third? After the third, they just stop. Yeah. I thought it was 20. Well- and then, and then, what's left over? Or I guess after the 20. third, after the after the third episode, the, the people that keep going after three, ninety percent of those fail before they get to twenty. So we're uh, we're halfway there, <clears> strong. <throat> <All right>. <laughs> and rigor. a lot more to go. The rigor, yeah. Well, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I don't know about you? I yeah, mean, yeah. it's it's mostly a, a a therapy episode, which is real meaningful to me and quite different than my day to day activities. So, yeah. um, I hope that. If, I hope that someone can get yeah. something out of it, right? That's yeah, why we're I think doing so. So what are you thinking about right now? Oh man. <clears throat> I'm thinking I need a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh we've got a lot going on in our office. So uh we're rebranding, mm-hmm. which is real uh there's a lot of internalized letting go from my side. Yeah. Which I didn't really expect. I, um, with things like that, I don't, I, I always think and maybe until I get to that threshold that I don't really have any personal attachment to, to much. Uh, I can typically let go of things and not, you know, have too much weight. Yeah. And that's just stuff like relationships are different, but sure stuff and and I consider branding to be something like that although you do have an emotional attachment yeah. to it since I've been with it for 15 yeah. 20 years well, and, it's your, and it's your name and it's my name on the on the front door and 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 that that's interesting well so there there's rebranding there is we're trying to hire under a real volatile market and so projects are up and then they're down and we're trying to hire in a way that we need um, we need senior leadership, yeah, right. And and I think you're maybe going through some of a little bit a little bit of the same thing as well. And so to try to hire with certainty for finances during this market is real unpredictable. Yeah, but it's like this thing that I need and I want, but I can't get. <laughs> yeah. But eventually it'll be there. Yeah, and then. Uh, the other big one, which you know, because you're building it, is our office, right? Yeah. It's trying to make sure things are buttoned up on our side, organized financially. You know, again, it's just like all these things are culminating at the end of the year, which I know is relatively slow mm-hmm. as well. So, and then we like to have some time to breathe. So it's yeah. like, a lot of a lot of things happening right now. That's yeah. how do you stay on top? How, how do you prioritize things? Well, I have people that will help me prioritize, and you know, I was just while I was walking in. That's a great question because while I, while I was just walking in the door, I was thinking, I'm pretty good about making lists and understanding what's high priority versus low priority, and then knocking those things out relatively mm-hmm. quickly. I don't feel like I'm a slow decision maker, but while I was walking in, I was thinking, Shh, "Man, I, 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 I gotta, <laughs> I, 
I don't know what's priority right now because everything's on fire, it yeah. seems like. Yeah. And it's really not. Like if I were to back up and slow down and take a couple of days off and yeah. and realize the like the um you know, no one's dying, no one like it's not decisions probably could come a little bit more fluid. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but when you're in the trenches day to day and people are just at you about responding and, you know, troubleshooting in the moment. Yeah. It's a little bit of decision fatigue. Yeah. Right. Which um is uh is draining sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Especially when it goes on for a while. Yeah. Know. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it seems like things ebb and flow. You know, it, it, we're coming off a, a period of a few months that were very intense. You know, so now it feels weird because, it, you know, we thought that we were going to ramp up and have a lot going on uh, by now, this part of the year, but yeah. it, everything just keeps getting kind of pushed back a little bit. So yeah. it's it's kind of that calm before the storm. But I find where I, I, I I'm, in the in the moment, like you're talking about, when it's when you when you're in the trenches and you're in the the firefights, you know you just want to get through that and get to the other side of it, which you will. But then I I tend to miss that a little bit. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like because because we're in this we're in this this area of um uh it, it's kind of slow, mm. and I'm like man, what's what am I missing? <clears throat> yeah, like what's because I'm used to and and I've I've learned over the years I I, I thrive in that that chaos. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the when you're in when you're in the trenches and you're you're making decisions and 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 things are happening whether it's fire just your normal seed you know like your normal day of having to operate throughout many different projects those things are under to me, those are givens that you can process through and uh, whether or not you're making the right decision in the moment, they're, they're, they're decisions in the moment that have, uh, that have a resolution. Yeah. <clears throat> right. That, that they're somewhat predictable. Yeah. Now the, the other thing, this, the slowness and the volatility of the market and the like, Oh, what's next? What's going to come in January, March, yeah. that, has me uh, more stress than anything, obviously, because I don't have a crystal but you, ball. Have you been there? You've been there before, right? Oh yeah, and it always works out. It always works out. Yeah, <clears throat> and you know, you, you, I understand. There's, well, I believe I'm, I'm. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of faith and understanding that I've been here before. Yeah, I've got my head to the grindstone. I'm making the right decisions. I've got a good team. I guess it's going to work yeah. out. Comes with experience. Comes, comes with, comes with yeah. a little bit of wisdom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm the same way. You know, I, I can remember about it, various times in my, in my business career where, you know, I, I always think about it like staring off into the abyss going, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. You know, and like, man, I, you know, and just having that kind of, it's, it's a, a terror of like, man, if, if this doesn't happen and that doesn't happen, like I'm going to have to either let people go. I'm going to have to shut down the business. I'm going to have to, but you know, looking back over, you know, the last 20 something years, it, it's always worked out. It's always worked out, but you know, I'm, I'm careful not to get complacent where, well, th- there's the other side of your brain that n- knows that it will work out, yeah. but there is the small portion of your brain that says, well, it doesn't have to. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what keeps us honest yeah. and, and driving hard. Well, I've gotten to where, like, I'll have a contingency plan. Like I, I, I keep a, you know, I keep a, a rainy day shit hits the fan strategy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if the worst thing happened, you know, I could pull this out of the drawer and, and do one through five yeah. and it'd be okay. Yeah. And then right. I put that back in the drawer and I don't think about it. You know, I, I go about it now. What is that? What is that in, entail? Is that financial one through five or is that dismantling one through five or is that, oh, I've got this other career idea one through five? Um, yeah, interesting. So it's it's more of the financial. It's more of the, the strategy with, I mean, people, the strategy with um, different um, aspects of the business. Mm-hmm. Phone calls I would make, decisions I would have to make. Um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, like I, I've got a worst case cash flow uh, projection. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, if 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 tomorrow every one of our clients called and said, "Hey, we're going to cancel your contracts," I've got a I've got a strategy built from a cash flow standpoint of like, okay, well, here's how we would pivot, here's how we would start to rebuild over the next six months. Yeah, and then you know, worst case, the 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 worst case scenario that it all ends and I go do something else. Um, yeah, you know, I, the, the the I don't have this I don't have this written down, but I know in the back of my mind I would take a month or two off. Yeah, and I would just go start again. <clears throat> you know, I I would go. I've got people I could call. I've got you yeah. know opportunities I could go and and figure out how to start making money again. Sure. So I don't I don't worry about it in the same way uh, yeah. that I used to. You know. No. Yeah. The stress is different. Um, it's just a different different level different different um way of think thinking through problem solving in order to get to the next thing right so yeah um that's you know something i always struggled with was that i you know it's talking about feeding on the chaos feeding i i used to want and and almost create the worry so that that would motivate me to do Mm. you know to keep to go faster and harder and that took a while to get past that it's like I, I don't you know i don't need to have the worry and the anxiety there to motivate myself or to to you know push forward to make certain decisions or do certain things yeah you know um it was a weird kind of realization a few years ago that i can let that go i, I yeah. can i can i can be unattached to the outcome of of anything and still focus on the day to day like block and tackle stuff that I need to do that yeah. will, will will consequence an outcome that I'd like to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, if you stay in the day-to-day and you understand that <clears throat> really the the day-to-day is the thing that's probably going to make you the happiest. Yeah. And the and and allow you to to breathe when you need to breathe and work hard when you need to work hard and inevitably the outcome is something Maybe it's in your control or maybe it's out of your control. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it's uh, perhaps just keeping the eye on the prize and the prize is this <clears throat> this uh, fuzzy thing that we all think we understand, but yeah. not necessarily. But day-to-day is critical. Um, so, yeah, I... It, it's a it's an interesting time, but I, I always feel a little bit jumbled around the holidays and yeah. ending the ending the year and taking off and making yeah. sure everybody's taken care of. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know, this year seems 
Yeah, a little bit more. How are you guys thinking about executing the the, the brand change? Well, we are, um, we're going to align it with moving into the office. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's, we first, first off was understanding what a name could be, which we've arrived at. We're not going to announce that here, but yeah, we've arrived at. Now we're going through the the graphics of the logo and understanding how that aligns with some of our um, internal um, goals, mm-hmm. you know, things that we're, we, we, we value. And then there's obviously the website and all the things that build itself around the name. And then we'll make a big announcement. Um, as we move into the office, we'll make a big announcement. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll have to have a a pretty tight thread that connects back to back to our name current or current name. Yeah. Um, and that will always probably I, I'm anticipating it's going to be you know no less than a year that we'll we'll have to maintain that little attachment to who we are currently in order for it to stick and have some commonality. You mm-hmm. know. A relationship between old and new, but um, are you changing any of the the fundamental the fundamental ways that you're approaching work projects? I mean, does this does this does does the name change represent a different way of thinking about and approaching what you guys are doing? Yeah, that's a great question. It does actually, and that's why um, whenever I started. I just, you know, the I had nothing, I'm horrible at names. And so I, I had nothing better at the time than than my name, yeah. right? And I, I think our logo, the modem logo is really powerful. Yeah. And I, and that was, it was not really letting go of my name, but it was letting go of the logo. Yeah. Because I've, I really believe in it. I think it looks great. It, it's, Whenever people see it, they they gravitate to it, and and there's no rhyme or reason. It just looks good, yeah. and and you know it just so happens to have my name phonetically attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the directive really, I, and I've been thinking about it a long time, <clears throat> is. Traditionally, architects have names attached to their to their offices, right? Mm-hmm. And and I do believe, even though we work in a traditional format of architecture, I do believe that we do things differently. We think about them differently, and it's these subtle differences that uh, that I'm after. And and it's it's this collaboration. It's how we how our workflow. Um, is implemented during the process of our day-to-day or our annual year. And it's not perfect yet, but it's this thing that we're striving for that I, I think that we we are this organic collaborative group that I'm not a micromanager. I want ideas. I want, I don't care if you're out of school or if you're 40 years in, in the business, mm-hmm. your idea is going to be have an equal platform in our office and then and then I want the builder there. I want the I want all these people that that 
have a have should have an opinion about what we do. I want them at the table, mm-hmm. and that's traditionally counterintuitive about how the order of operation goes. Yeah, and so there there is there's a mindset here with our name change that will remove my name out of it and allow the office to live and breathe outside of me. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and there's also a, like an exit strategy plan sure. as well. Because I do, uh, there is a <clears throat> there's a switch in my mindset at some point a few years ago that that really wanted to create something that I could hand off mm-hmm. to someone else, mm-hmm. and I and and you and the and the question about what is this thing the the why has really been sticking with me because you know you the why could be. I want to create a successful business. And what is that? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're, I don't know. I, in my mind, we haven't reached that yet. So that's something that I'm still working towards in terms of a just a business mm-hmm. outside of architecture, outside of any industry. It's just, I'm real fascinated to make a successful business. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I'm there yet. So there's more work to do. Yeah. But, um, but it's also, building something that is uh that has value in someone else's mind that they want to take over and then move along in their own like in their own with under under a similar envelope or direction right and they believe in these core values and they believe in the name and they believe in the work and they believe in it enough that that they want to buy in and they want to have a sense of ownership and they want to move it forward like mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and to create an office that removes the self, the me or the I is real interesting because when I do that, then it it doesn't alleviate me from any pressure because there's all there's I still have to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And I still have to make sure that the company operates and we're bringing in projects and so forth. We're, <clears throat> we're creating a certain product that is worthy of what, who we are. Um, but I also think that it frees up m- mentally, it frees up the individual to, to want to have more. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and I think that's a, that's a pretty interesting thing to work towards. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's that's there's a lot of layers to that, right? Yeah. Um, how do you think that changes the course of where you're going over the next five to ten years? Like, what, what's gonna what's gonna feel different to a client or to the? That's a good question. I, the our our existing clients, I hope that they don't feel any difference. I hope that there's a quality difference in how we communicate and how we operate because it should become more professional in a way that it's mm-hmm. tighter. And so I don't, I don't, I, I think it's more of an internal, internalized thing that, that if, if we're talking the talk, I want to wa- also walk the walk. <clears throat> so service wise, I don't know. I, um, I, I don't know that there's going to be re- any real difference, mm-hmm. and that, and that's kind of a funny thing to to realize, right? Because if you go through the 
the effort of rebranding, you would hope that there is a return. There's an ROI. Yeah. And I don't know that that's the case here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Cause it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of time and it's a lot of money. And why do you do it? Um, typically means that you 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 expect a return sure well maybe and, not financially right. immediately yeah but i think there's a there's a bigger value culturally and then when i say culturally it means that there's a shift in the industry that i'm real interested in and we talk about it sure. all the time yeah and it's real subtle like it's these subtle changes that i think are should happen because it's it's broken the way we work is is broken mm-hmm. and um and i think that's the that's the return that's the give back is that man one day i hope that we're over 35 people and this thing is a machine and that culture is subtle is subtly different than anyone else you know the majority of offices that that you mm-hmm. that you um come into contact with and if that happens or when that happens i'm going to be i'm going to hopefully be able to sit back and see it yeah yeah and then exit <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah they, what about you and you know I, I know you're 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 growing and yeah you know you're working through staff and <clears throat> layers and freeing up your time yeah so part of what you just said kind of resonates in terms of you know the brand and what what you're going to deliver and um the experience right Mm -hmm. so you know what i've been thinking a lot about lately is um as we grow i think we've got 18 or 19 employees now yeah which is a pretty rapid expansion over the last what'd you start with the first of the year i think we had five yeah at the first, I mean, January of, of this year, More than two. maybe we had five. Um, and so, you know, what I've noticed is um, uh, things are, 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 things want to get more complex, right? And, I, and I, what I mean by that is, you know, we, we, we've got a lot of great people on the team and we've got a lot going on and that, that, that poses a lot of new challenges, you know, as you get bigger and have more people, there's, there's other needs and, as I've had chances now over the last two to three months to kind of be a little bit more disconnected with the business, I see things get more complex and more complicated and where that shows itself. Why is that? Is that the personalities that want to come in and create their own systems that conflict with the other systems? I think so. I saw that when I was at Torchies, I saw the same thing. Right. And it's, and that, that another, you know, that, that company grew really rapidly Mm. And as you had more people come in and different departments grew, I mean, my story was that people wanted to put their fingerprint on something. They wanted to have these legacy projects mm-hmm. that were that, hey, I did this, my department did this. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put a mark on the brand, yeah. right? And that's and I and I've seen that in in smaller companies as they grow, um, and that's one of the alluring alluring things to people that want to come in and be part of a startup is that hey, I I'm here at the at the at the you know, inception and I get to, I get to kind of form things and have my fingerprint on stuff as this thing grows. Right. And, and, and I can understand that. Um, 
So where we're at now, it's like, you know, we start having these meetings and, you know, people are bringing these new ideas to the table uh, around software or around these different platforms and different ways of communicating and different reporting and all that. And, um, you know, and, and I'm a shiny object guy. I'm like, yeah, I like I like new software. I like apps. You know, I like reports. I like customization. I like automation, automation, you know. But then when you start kind of stepping back and looking at, okay, well, you know, how's the business performing? You know, um, what and, and, and before that, like, what are we really trying to do? Like, what's the result we're trying to generate? Like, what are we being paid for? Mm. And you make that and you start to simplify it. You're like, okay, well, we manage projects, right? We're we're expected to to take a project from whatever point of inception that is and get it to a completion, right? Inside of that, there's there's a there's there's a schedule, right? There's a budget and there's an expectation of quality, mm-hmm. right? And so the real block and tackle fundamental things that we need to do are pretty simple. And so then you unpack that and you're like, well, how can we get really good at those things? How can we get really good at managing a budget? How can we get really good at managing a schedule? How can we get really, really good at, at you know, uh, providing a certain level of quality? And it, it, it doesn't have to be complicated to do those things. Yeah. So, you know, I've started seeing, okay, what are we really good at right now? Well, you know, we've been really fortunate that we've been profitable on mm-hmm. every project, right? Um. And our level of quality has been really, really good. Where we struggle right now is managing schedules. Uh-huh. And so it's like, well, what do you really need to manage a schedule, right? And again, you know, we're getting a lot of ideas at the table, a lot of different, hey, let's try this software. Let's let's do these reports. Let's let's worry about, you know, let's, let's put more processes in place and all that. And it tends to get overly complicated. And so- what I'm doing right now with the team is, hey, let's let's pull back and let's really focus on the fundamentals. Like, what do we really need to be successful? And, you know, what do you need to, what do you really need to manage a project, right? For us, it's, we need a budget, we need a schedule, right? A guy needs a cell phone and maybe a truck. Yeah. That's it, right? If, you, if, if, if you're really good at what you do, you could successfully manage a project with a paper schedule, a paper budget, and a cell phone. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't you don't need all the other Procore platforms and you know and we've got Smartsheets and Procore and a couple other kind of software platforms that have all this automation and all this reporting and spits out all kinds of data. But at the end of the day, you don't need that really to be successful. Mm-hmm. Now, do you need that to scale? And yes, I mean we we need those tools. Yeah. But I'm trying to get everybody's focus on like, hey, just do your job. Like, let's focus on what your job is and what the block and tackle fundamental things that you need to do on a daily basis to create success. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this. There's a documentary um, with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, right? The NFL coach and the mm-hmm. Alabama coach, um, New England and, and Alabama. And, you know, arguably some of the best coaches in history yeah. in football. <clears throat> and uh, they meet like once a year formally and they they just talk about stuff, right? And they they game plan. And so there's this really cool documentary that no frills, no super high production. It's just, it just picks up. They, they come into a room together and they start talking. Where is that? On Netflix or something? I can't remember if it was an HBO documentary yeah. or on Netflix. That'd be interesting yeah. to watch. You can, yeah. you can Google like Nick Saban, Bill yeah. Belichick. Okay. But they start immediately just talking about real simple 
things that make them successful. Yeah. And like Nick Saban's thing uh, is just do your job. I think I think it's his. And and, and Bill Belichick was the same. He's like just do your job. Yeah. Don't worry about everything else. And you know I'm not a huge football fan, um, but you know I watch football periodically. And there's a lot of complexity around football. There's a lot of data. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to oversimplify what these guys do, but it seems like. Yeah, they use all the data and they use all this technology and all this kind of stuff. But their main focus is just do your job. Mm -hmm. Just focus on your fundamental job. You know, and you see that, like I just got done listening to the new biography from Elon Musk or about Elon Musk. And, you know, a lot of his, a lot of the innovations that they made in SpaceX and Tesla and some of these other companies were going back to first principles. And like let, let's 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 go back to physics, yeah. And like the first <laughs> principles of manufacturing and technology and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that ended up being revolutionary. So I'm like, man, you well, know, it's like Dyson, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, like, yeah. Or what's wrong with a system? Questioning what's wrong with a system, and yeah, you know, going back to the basics and you trying know, to cut out process. It. Like he, you know, they have the, the he has this thing called the the his his. Um, the algorithm, right? And it's like these six or seven steps. And it's about removing processes, removing requirements, like making it really simple. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm trying to overlay that over what we're doing right now. It's like, uh, you know, as we're building up this project management team, it's like, well, what really makes us successful? Is it is it the meeting notes that we take? Because we spend a lot of time, we, we've spent a lot of time on um, – how do we how do we develop meeting notes and how does that automatically get sent out to the client and the team and how does this how do those meeting notes and other documents roll up into this really cool report you know mm. uh, but what do you really need to do to be successful with you know uh, a schedule it's like it, it's it's the it's it's fast forward to the end is where I'm at it's like it's it, we're influencing people that's really what we do. <clears throat> well, know, we're influencing people to do a certain thing that adds up to a completed project. Mm-hmm. And, and what does that what does that really entail to influence a person? It, it's fucking communicating with them. Yeah. And and you know, and as much as you try to automate out steps and processes and all that, there's no replacement from picking up the phone and talking to somebody. Absolutely. Well, what it's what it's saying, and we probably know, both know this, but what it's saying is the stuff doesn't matter. You can pick any online data research, scheduling system, Procore, spreadsheet, Smartsheet, but it goes back to the individual that can handle the task. Yeah, and and if you align yourself with those indi- individuals, which we may or we may not, I, I don't know. Um, then I think you're going to, that is, a, a a probably a better way to think about success. Yeah. Knowing that we, you and I, we can't do it on our own. So we have to, we have to surround ourselves yeah. with individuals that we trust and that we know that can handle the task. Yeah. And when you break it down in a way that do your job, absolutely that, that, that is it. But when you look at the job, yours and mine is a very difficult job. Like that mine has to be yeah. layered in a way that they can pivot and handle m- multiple situations in one given day yeah. that a lot of other people can't. 
Sure. <clears throat> so that brain has to be active and problem solving and stress decompression and communicating in a way that in any given day you're going to be you're going to be able to communicate under pressure mm -hmm. that resolves a situation yeah. yeah to clients and people sure. right in order in order to make them move cuz yeah. that's absolutely it we have to get we have to get people to move and do their jobs yeah and as architects and gcs i always say we're Architects are, are, you know, take the creativity out of it. To get a building done is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, and what we do is we're master orchestrators, right? We have to get teams to move sure. and we have to assemble them and we have to get them coordinated in order for this thing to get built. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then shit falls down quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's an interesting... Uh, you know, as a contractor, we're, we take this abstract vision and we're trying to make it tangible. Yeah. You as the architect, you've got to build this abstract vision first, right? Yeah. And then articulate how it's going to be made tangible. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to really, I'm trying to just think in real simple terms. And then kind of get back to the fundamentals, right? It's it's get back to these first principle uh, ways of thinking. And then with our team, it's like, okay, well, <clears throat> like for our superintendents, it's like we're trying to develop this this core four of like what are the four things you need to do every single day that no, no matter if it's a shit day or you know you're successful, whatever. If you, as long as you do these four things every day. Um, that'll add up to some level of success on the project, hmm. right? And we're, we're trying to drill, like, what are those four things? You know, it's um, review, review your schedule. Right? Review your schedule. Where are you at today? Where are you supposed to be? And then is that going to add up to where you need to be next week? Mm -hmm. So, like, review your schedule, number one. Number two is, you know, check in with your team. Like, touch everybody. Yeah. You know, if somebody's walking onto the site – um, are you talking to those people? Like, mm. what do you, what are you here doing today? Is that what you're supposed to be doing today? Is that does that align with where we need to be today? And then, you know, are you still tracking where you need to be tomorrow? And are you tracking where that is going to end up yeah. putting you next week? Okay. And then, you know, so that's number number two is that you're you're talking to the people that are on the job. Number three is <clears throat> you're forecasting. You know, and you're trying to get buy-in on a vision of where this team needs to be next week or the week after or eight months from now. You know, are you are you are you, you know, picking your head up and looking down the road several steps? And then number four, we're just communicating that out. Like we're we're letting everybody know where we're at and where we think we're gonna be. Like so, you're just you're you're you know full disclosure, bad news first. But we're putting everything out, mm -hmm. and I feel like if 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 we can consistently do that day over day, no matter what project we're doing, no matter you know yeah. who's doing it, that's gonna that's gonna add up to a, a level of success that is yeah. sustainable. <clears throat> yeah, there's a there's a methodology that should be followed no matter what level you are, yeah. right? That creates a a, a simpler system or a simpler way to understand your job. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, when we were at Torchies, I'll tell you the quick examples. This is what I really 
and again, I think generationally, I I push back on technology, right? I'm, I'm start I'm turning into my parents, right? It's like <laughs> oh, man, all too. this new tech. But when we were at Torchies, you know, when we were really rolling, um, you know, our our department that I was managing was responsible for a lot of different things. Not only, you know, we were managing the design, we were managing the the drafting of the plans, the construction, the uh, mm-hmm. facilities, the, and then we started managing like the licensing of like getting TABC licenses and all that. Yeah. And so, and then we were responsible for, for uh, commuting, c- communicating all aspects of a, of a store in its different, in, in its life cycle to the entire company. And then, um, and, and then multiply that, you know, at the end we were managing uh, yeah. 10, 12 projects at a time. And so there was this big push, um, to, to bring in smart sheets and develop out this, this really intricate automation that essentially would tell people what to do, right? There was checklists, there was reminders, there was bells and whistles, and and so you know we went out and hired a consultant uh, from SmartSheets to come in and build out this platform. Excuse me. And we sat in meeting after meeting about like, okay, we want this dashboard to look like this. We want this and this. <laughs> and I start thinking, man, um, you know what they really want this tool to do is to ping you when you're supposed to do something, yeah. and then that's and then you just do it. And then it's going to, it's, it's going to manage it for you yeah. and it's going to make it real simple. And I remember walking away from this one meeting going, this is, this is not going to fucking work. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, you know, they, they started asking my opinion about it and I said, look guys, and at the time we had developed this Friday afternoon meeting that had every person that touched a project, that department lead or that person or their team would sit at a table. We had this big conference room table that would seat like 30 people. Hmm. We would have 30 people at the table. We'd have somebody up on the screen, uh, teams that were out in the field. Um, And and we would go for about two hours every Friday and we'd talk about every aspect of the project. Hmm. That was the secret sauce. Not yeah, the fucking right, smart yeah. sheet and, and spreadsheets and reporting and 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 these dashboards and all this automation. It was the getting everybody together and having a conversation about what's going on. Yeah, you know where are we at today? Where are we trying to get tomorrow? Mm-hmm. What do we need to do to fill that gap? How does everybody play into that? That was the that was the real magic. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I I come away from that going, well, that's it's 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 the getting the people together and communicating. Yeah. And all the other stuff, now granted, is necessary uh, yeah. at a certain level, but I think the primary focus needs to be on the block and tackle, like do your job, understand what your job is and how that fits into the bigger picture, but do your job. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We we have these, we have Monday meetings, mm-hmm. right? Monday Monday morning meetings, the whole office gets together. We We do the same thing, but sometimes they get monotonous. And I, and monotony kills me. Like yeah. that's one thing that I just can't tolerate. And, you know, you do, you, you get on this cycle and, you know, spit out certain things that you, you, you think you're, you're supposed to. So I, I, every week I walk away and I'm like, man, I don't know if that was valuable or not. I mean, it's at, it's valuable to understand where people are, but it's a spot in time. Like yeah. it's a re- regurgitation of events. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what that makes me think of is, huh, I'm probably not doing my job in terms of setting people up for success and asking them 
what do they need? What do they need? What what are I mean, we do ask them that, but I don't know that they're being honest to 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 come to the table with either giving me information so I can set them up for success mm-hmm. or giving me information so I can better understand their their issues or their fires or 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 what it is in the moment. So how do you guys do you guys do that as well in terms of not just <clears throat> going through the same same methods during office meetings or do you how do you how do you operate during those like like meetings and get together? Yeah, how and do stuff, you, you know? how do you how do you make it n- not monotony? How do it, you, it, it wants to be. It wants yeah. to get there. It's a good, it's a great question. You know, we've we've our meetings have evolved over the last few months. Um, you know, it, it's I'm I'm a, I'm a I like studying interactions and how people come together and share information. I, I like that interaction, right? So I'm, I'm I'm a student of like meetings, and I hate I hate when they get. Uh, monotonous and i hate yeah. when they just kind of get into this well, let's just all let's just all talk you know yeah i don't like to me that, that's a huge waste of time <laughs> so like a good example so I'm, I'm i'm curious about how other how other people do it yeah right so it's it's interesting to hear you know how you guys do it well uh, i've got a friend that's in the in the construction business and um um you know i was we were picking his brain the other day about his company they're, they're you know older than us and they're a little bit further down the road than us but you know they and they manage a lot more projects um, but they, they, it's a really fast pace, like 15 minutes or less per project. Mm-hmm. And they've got a really clearly, def- clear defined result that they're trying to get out of that. They're not trying to solve any problems on these meetings. Yeah. It's just, Hey, we're going to, we're going to report on what's going on. We're going to, we're going to raise a red flag if there's a, if we need to talk about something, but the real, like getting into the meat and potatoes of a problem that hand that gets That's handled right. off of this call. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I love that. You and know? who's on this call and then who are they? After they deliver this information, what do they do with it? Well, great. So with this other company, what we're what we're evolving into or trying to is is um, you know, you've got you've got everybody on the company is invited to this call. So that's what we do. I mean, I, I'm a big there's a there's a book called Team of Teams, and they have this idea called the uh, uh, shared consciousness meetings, mm. where you, you invite everybody to the table. And we've we've been practicing this for years, even back at Torchies. But I'm a big fan of having everybody involved. Like any anybody that's a that's a stakeholder in a project that we're doing, whether it's the owners, the architects, the engineers, the kitchen equipment providers, the the civil engineer, like the 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 data guys, the everybody, you know, is is invited to the call. Uh, they don't necessarily get a chance to speak, but they're just listening in to all. The, so that way, they've got all the information. Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to do, back to what we're trying to do with our meetings, uh, is being real concise. It's like spend 10 minutes on a project. Where are you at today? Is that where you're supposed to be? You know, where do your next few milestones over the next two weeks, four weeks? Um, is there any issue in hitting those milestones? Yes or no? What are the issues? Okay, done. Are we, are we, uh, um, the other layer we're trying to add into that is um, how are we doing budget wise? Are we, are we on track? Are we behind or, you know, um, but just giving a clear indication of kind of what, what's the overall health of that project at that moment. And, you know, we're, you know, at any given time we've, you know, we, we're, we're managing 10 to 12 projects. Uh, well, actually more than that, if you consider some of the phase one projects, but you know, so we've got a lot going on. So we've got to be really concise so that everybody gets kind of the high points, mm-hmm. but people, 
you get into this, right? And people start talking and they just, they want to meander. Oh yeah. They want to, you know, and they're, they're, well, you know, I got this guy over here and he didn't call me back and. Absolutely. You know, I sent the guy an email and I don't know. It's like, no, 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 no. And when you, when that happens, (laughs) do you cut it off in the moment or do you let them meander? Well, uh, it just depends, you know, it yeah. depends on the mood I'm in that day, I guess, you know, it's <laughs> same, I, you know, I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt because I, you know, and I want to give them their platform. Yeah. And there might be, there might be a useful piece of information that we need to hear in there, yeah. you know, yeah. but we're, we're, we are trying to dial it back to like, um, you know, so I, I'll tell you what we're trying to do now going forward and we're, we're, we're getting closer to it is we talk about a project, you know, okay, let's talk about the, this, this Austin, Texas project. Okay. A, a schedule pops up on the screen. It's real clear that, okay, here's the week that we're on. The painters are supposed to be there this week, starting to mud the walls. Mm-hmm. Is that happening or not? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Well, um, so that means, you know, if you look at the schedule, then next week, the electricians ought to be coming in to trim out plugs. Um, have you talked to your guy? Are they scheduled for that? Yes or no? No. Okay. Well, if there's a problem there, let's take that offline. Um, you know, what's your CO date? That's the my, my number one pet peeve. Um, is, you know, everybody on a project team needs to know what the finish date is. Yeah. And then I'll tell you that the last, you know, and it doesn't happen very often, but the last few times that I've became very unskillful with my communication and, you know, is when we've asked questions like, hey, what's your CO date? Oh, well, I got to get back to you. I'm Mm. like, dude, that's, that is unacceptable. Yeah. (laughs) That's completely unacceptable. You know, uh, that's true. You know, so it's like, it's about fundamentals. You know, it's like, again, we, we try to, we try to make things really complex. And I think, I think we try to make things complex to make it easier on ourselves. Like if Mm -hmm. we, if we, it's either, it's either it makes an excuse why something can't happen, or we try to build all this, we try to build all this stuff so that maybe that'll help us avoid the, the, the real work, you know? And the real work is, again, it goes back to. We're trying to influence people. Yeah. What does that involve? That involves tough conversations sometimes. And that involves holding people accountable. Yeah. And we don't want it that, you know, naturally the people don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. <clears throat> I think I could do better at that is reminding and as, as the reminders, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. Here's the basics if you're on a project, these are the basic things that you have to know. And I ask you when we, when you yeah. get asked, uh, I shouldn't know more about your project than you, if you're a project manager, yeah. which sometimes happens. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I, and, and I know that people need reminders, right? And so, there's a, there's, let's call it quarterly or monthly. I don't know what it is, but what I also forget is that I care more than the majority, right? Because yeah. it's my business. And so I need to do better at those reminders, yeah. general reminders of, hey, this is getting off track. Don't meander. Let's stick to the data or whatever it is here's what we need to get out of this, this meeting or this month or this project uh, or this owner, whatever it is. And those reminders are sometimes get away from me. Mm -hmm. And and then I get frustrated, like, why, why the hell didn't didn't you know this? And maybe they forgot, or I I don't know what it is, but 
I try to, I try to, throughout the year or month, whatever it is, I try to also remember that I need to remind my staff in order to understand what the basics are and what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Cause they, they get down in the trenches and they lose sight of yeah. what's important. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty healthy thing to, to understand in regards to leadership. Yeah. No, I agree a hundred percent. And that's, that's an interesting point because, um, you know, you've got some people on a team that that need to be that need to stay in the weeds, yeah, right. And then you've got some people on a team that have have the luxury of being you know being up in the clouds a little bit and being able to see the horizon better. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a it's a well, I, I don't want to say it's a rare person that can do both really well, but that's what we're trying to we're trying to find guys that can yeah. do both at all right. levels right yeah. that, that can stay in the weeds do the block and tackle like really focus on all the details and for me i've got to i've got to understand and, and remember that you know if you're if you're in it right sometimes you've got blinders on mm-hmm. right you can't it's really hard to be able to put all the minutia and all the, the the complexity and the chaos and everything on a project kind of aside and then step back and pick your head up and be like okay well I'm, okay, I'm here now. Where do I need to be tomorrow? Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to build from a structure is okay. Well, our superintendents are in the field. They're they're in the weeds, right? And they're supposed to be watching every single detail. And then the project managers are, are like, okay, well, I'm going to stay in the weeds with you a little bit, but I'm going to spend half my time then looking out over the horizon, like where are we supposed to be? And I'm going to help. I'm going to help you, the superintendent, remove those obstacles. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think a lot of it too goes back to you know. I keep coming back to like the fundamentals and what are we really doing? And it's like, it's, we're influencing people, right? We're influencing people. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to have a shared vision for everybody involved that is compelling enough that they'll do what they need to do to get us so that everybody gets to the finish line together. And, and it's, that's the hard part too. You know, it's like, well, what is, what are, what is compelling for a plumber that you have on site, right? They're going to have maybe different motivations than, you know, the electrician or whoever, right? Cause you get, you're dealing with all these different companies, but I had an interesting, uh, interaction with a superintendent a few months ago that it just reminded me about that is, you know, again, we were talking about project management and we had already started this narrative about like, you know, let's, let's you know, let's, let's do the, let's do the fundamental stuff. And, um, and I was just like, well, you know, I asked this one guy who's no longer with us, rightly so, but I said, Hey, what, you know, what would you recommend to get, to help us get a project, you know, more consistently to the end, you know, on schedule. And he kind of him hot around, well, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, start, he started talking about writing contracts and which, you know, he's a superintendent. He doesn't write contracts. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, if we did this and this, I said, Hey, what about this? What if I could guarantee you a million dollars at the end of the project? You know, if you could get this thing done on time, I would hand you a check for a million dollars. Put yourself in that mindset. He's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, what would you do? And he, and he basically articulated exactly what we're trying to get people to do today. <laughs> he goes, man, I'd start calling the, the subcontractors every morning. You know, I'd have my schedule and I'd call the plumber that, you know, you know, 730 in the morning, I'd get on the phone. I'd start. I said, okay, then what would you do? 
Well, at the end of the day, I'd start calling people again, you know, making sure they're basically he said he'd fucking manage the project. He'd do his job. He would do his job. <laughs> and he would, yeah. he would communicate. Yeah, he would yeah. check in and he would, yeah. you know what I mean? And I was like, well. That's an interesting question. I can't, uh, I'm not going to be able to pay you a million dollars in the project. But now you've just told me that you know what to do. Right? So let's, you know, so then, you know, my job is to figure out, well, let's make sure everybody knows what they need to do. Mm. And then how do we create a compelling, you know, avenue for them to be able to do that so how you know how do we create a company that's going to foster people coming in and enjoying doing their jobs that we need them to do yeah well <clears throat> compl- yeah um there's inspiration there's complacency there's all these things that we battle yeah. right as managers or business owners and uh one of one of my and I didn't really realize it until this year, maybe last year, was one of my give backs to the office is creating inspiration. Mm-hmm. Right. I I can get people to move and I can inspire people and I can talk to them and I can <clears throat> talk to them as individuals, not, you know, a soulless thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I I believe I have a skill in order to make things happen. And so one of my reminders whenever I go through the office is noticing or one of my one of my to-dos as I walk through the office is noticing people that uh are are gravitating towards complacency yeah. or graving gravitating towards monotony. And I intercept it and I and I try to bring them out and get them to move <clears throat> and having someone there besides me to do that job, I think is critical, right? Cause your world, my, any, any job, right? There's always, you get a salary job, you're, you're, you're day to day. You've got your own life that you're shit that you're trying to deal with. You come to the, to the workplace and you're just trying to get shit done so you can go deal with this other thing. That happens all the time, but how do you keep it from happening on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. And that's through this leadership or this inspirational m- moment that you've got to recognize. Either you recognize it or you move it out and you recognize it you know, or yeah. you deal with it in that way. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, that that's a tough one. Like that's a, that's job security right there for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you look at big companies, you know, and again, Elon Musk is an interesting example of, uh, you know, he, he people, people clamor to go work for Tesla yeah. or SpaceX right. or whatever yeah. else. And, you know, and, and, you know, I know they're, they're dealing with the same problems that we're dealing just on a much greater level. I mean, yeah. they're, they're hiring yeah, yeah. thousands of people a day, you know, and, and, um, and I'm sure they have processes in place to try to find the right, you know, the best suited people for the job but i think what keeps people going is 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 the vision of where the company's going sure you know yeah. they're, they're part of something that's bigger they than believe them, in yeah and they believe in it and it's like okay well you know my son-in-law works for tesla and and uh, he works overnights and he loves his job it's a lot of work it's a lot of hours yeah but he loves it yeah. you know and um 
and, and uh, you know, I, I haven't had this specific conversation with him, but I got to believe he he is bought into the yeah to where Tesla's going. You know, so sure. how do you create that? Because that that's what you're that's what we're really looking for, right? Yeah. You know, unfortunately, <clears throat> um, not everybody in your company can be the owner of the company. Yeah. Nor I, I think some people say they want to be, but they really don't know. You know, it's the whole thing. They they don't really know what it means to own a company and what's involved. But um, so you're going to have the people that are there just putting in their 40 hours a week, or hopefully they're putting in 40 hours a week. Yeah. And so how do you how do you keep them engaged? Yeah. You know, and doing what they need to do. And I I think it's that hey we're we're creating a vision. You're, yeah. You're sharing the vision. You're 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 letting them have some form of buy in into that vision. So they've got they've got they've got a type of skin in the game. Yeah. You know, without actually having a financial interest in the company, but did you ever see the? And I can't, I can't remember the guy who started. I can't remember his name, but the guy that started WeWork. Did you ever see that that movie? No, I didn't. Not, <laughs> I mean, not that, that was one. that was on the most extreme in my mind, the most extreme level of salesmanship and creating an environment that people buy into because it just seemed like it got really wild and outrageous, but. They were engaged and they bought into it and they wanted to work there because this idea and this success and yeah. this guy and he, and it was almost, uh, it, it, it seemed like a very chaotic world, but people, people bought it. They believed it and they lived it and that was their life. And yeah. when it <clears throat> went down, there was just this distraught and they didn't know what to do. And to build that type of culture based on one guy's leadership or, 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 you know, believe, like he, he honestly believed it, uh, to, to translate that in a way that it, you can drive masses of people. It's real interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, cause we're cultish, all not, right. <laughs> we're not all, you know, building a, you know, awesome electric car that's going to change the world or, you know, yeah. we're not, we're not trying right. to get to Mars. Right. We don't, we don't have these big compelling. <laughs> There's a million other architects that we're doing the same thing, but yeah. how do we, how do we create this, this interest in yeah. a little entity that is, is moving, you know, small masses. Yeah. Well, hmm. I don't know. Day to day, man. Day to day. <laughs> the block and tackle stuff yeah yeah continuing to believe yeah well that was a good office talk that was a good that? office talk yeah i like that it was it was a healthy uh release mm -hmm. this is good therapy yeah good awesome well appreciate it man yeah appreciate you it's good this is good <laughs>